0: Hey there, this is Beans Baxter of the Alaska Watch podcast, the podcast about all things cryptid in the great state of Alaska. I'm your host, Beans Baxter, and I'm back. (laughs) Uh, We're going to talk a little bit today about uh, my trip to Washington. I'm going to talk about some of the videos that I've put out on my YouTube channel. And uh, if you go over to the Alaska Watch YouTube channel, uh, I would sure appreciate it if you gave me a subscribe. I have not quite hit that magical number yet. To uh, get the page monitor or the channel monetized, and uh, still looking to to do that, it would sure be great if I could um, maybe uh, monetize a little bit of that uh, work I put into the channel, and use it to make more videos and to go to more places to look for Bigfoot. Uh, next week, or the week after, I think probably not next week, uh, we're gonna have Alexander Petakov on. He is going to talk about his new video that's coming out, the Alaska Coastal Bigfoot, that he filmed out at Area A, which if you listen to this show for any length of time, you are probably familiar with, and um, it's, uh, I got to see a a special screener copy of it, and let me tell you, it's got some impressive stuff on it. You guys are going to love it. Um, There's some footage on there that uh, puts... Travel Channel and Discovery Channel to shame as far as wildlife photography and videos. It's, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. So, uh, anyway, guys, um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's kind of get into it. Um, I want, I want to uh, talk about my trip a little bit more cause I haven't really, haven't really got into it because I kind of wanted to do a video series on it and I don't want the podcast to spoil the videos. So, I've been kind of holding my tongue and kind of holding back and not really getting into it too much. Um, But um, now I've got, I think I've got like five videos out, six videos out, something like that. So I wanted to talk about them and go maybe a little bit more in depth than some of the videos go. And uh, maybe give you a little behind the scenes peek or uh, a couple of funny stories from the filming of the videos that didn't quite make it into the videos. And my, my, what I really wanted to do, <clears throat> and I think so far I've been able to do it, is get basically the idea of what's going on in the video without having to do uh, like voiceovers or do like a narration or something like that. There's a couple of times where I've had to throw a couple of things on screen to explain what's going on uh, in text. But I think for the most part, I'm doing a, a pretty good job of, uh, of keeping the story or the timeline linear of what happened. So as usual, the normal rules apply. You may hear my dogs in the background snoring and just being generally cute. Uh, not going to kick them out; they're too adorable. <clears throat> so let's uh, let's talk about these videos a little bit. So the day two video again. You got to go over to the Last Watch YouTube channel and watch the video and. I tried to keep them kind of short. I know, you know, I hear different opinions on this. People are like, Oh, make longer videos. And other people like myself, I prefer shorter videos. I'm not, I don't want to sit there and watch like a, a feature length, like hour, hour and a half video. Unless that's like, it's like, that's like a movie night video, you know, like I'm going to sit down with my popcorn or my soda or whatever. And I'm going to watch this like show. Um, for me, in my mind, YouTube is for, you know, like short little bursts of entertainment where like, oh, you know, I'm going to sit down and wait for this item on the stove to cook, or I'm going to sit down and wait for, you know, the oven to preheat. So I've got 10 minutes. So I'm going to watch a quick video. I don't know. that That's how I see YouTube. I think, I mean, I know that's probably not really the way it's going. It seems like it's going the way of, um, Feature content and feature length videos. And I think eventually, probably that's probably what I'm going to have to do if I want to keep up. But uh, I like, personally, I like shorter little quick videos that I can watch. Uh, You know, I can watch a whole bunch of them. I can sit there and watch, you know, four or five videos on different subjects that entertain me. Instead of one, you know, hour or two hour video on one thing. But that's just my opinion. And not everybody thinks like me. I digress I'm getting on a tangent so I wanted to talk about the day two video uh so I got there Monday night spent the night by myself uh there which was kind of my goal like I wanted to go back to that area and like face my fears I was like this is it I want to go back here because this is where I got the crap scared out of me uh, a few years ago and I did it I went back I set up my tent um you know, I sat around the fire for a few hours at night, uh, and then went to bed and, you know, no, no, nothing got me. No boogers got me. Although <laughs> I did have something a little strange happen. Uh, not, not at all Bigfoot related. So I'm laying there in my, in my tent and I'm just drifting off to sleep and I hear this vehicle coming and it is loud. It is like bang, 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 like metal on metal. just psh, psh, psh. And I hear it coming for like, for miles away. It seems like it just seems like it took it forever and it's coming down the road and it's getting closer and closer. And in my mind, I'm picturing like the vehicle from like Jeepers Creepers or something. I'm like, what in the hell is this thing? And it comes up and it pulls in, not at my campsite, but like right across my campsite, there's a big area that's been logged in there. And it just didn't, it didn't strike me as like, logging equipment. I don't know why. I just, I didn't think it was part of the logging operation and it stops and some people get out and I hear them talking and I'm just like, Oh God, you know, are they going to come over here? What are they doing? So, you know, I've kind of, I've got my pistol in the tent with me and I'm just like, what is going on? Why are these people, you know, it's after dark. Why are they driving around in this vehicle? That's extremely loud. And why are they like, milling around across the uh, the road from my campsite here. So I laid there and finally they get in the vehicle and they leave. And I'm like, oh thank goodness. And I start to drift off I I finally do I fall back asleep. And then an hour later they come back and I hear same thing. I hear them off in the distance. I hear them coming. Exact same scenario. They pull in across my campsite, get out, they're making a lot of noise they're talking, um, seems like they, they kind of mill around a little bit. They get back in the car or in their vehicle and leave. And again, creeps me out a little bit, but I'm like, well, I don't, you know what, maybe it is part of the logging operation. I don't know. So I, I made my mind. I was like, if they come back, I'm getting out of the tent and I'm going to go find out what's going on. And I didn't want to, because I'm like, you know, I'm in my chonies. I'm like in my sleeping bag. I'm comfortable. I didn't want to have to get out. So the next day, uh, it's Tuesday. Uh, I knew that, uh, eventually, uh, Bill Basson was going to come out and hang out with me. Uh, Marshall White from Selkirk Range Sasquatch was going to come out and hang out with me and possibly camp out with me. So I didn't stray too far away from camp that day. I walked across the street a little bit, looked at the tire tracks, uh, you know, just kind of hung around, you know, looked across the lake, uh, you know, cooked some breakfast, you know, just kind of hung out. Well, kind of early afternoon, this guy drives by and he's driving a side-by-side, you know, like a a razor. And uh, he pulls in in front of my campsite and i notice he's got a flag on you know like a, a little pennant flag on his uh, side by side hanging up like lashed or zip tied to one of the poles and it's got a bigfoot on it and i'm thinking oh this guy must be a squatcher or something and he pulls in and he turns his uh he turns his vehicle off and he goes hey have you uh have you seen any cows out here or heard any cows And then it kind of clicked as soon as he says that it clicks and I'm like, no, but I did hear what sounded like a cattle car come through here last night. So I'm thinking, in my mind, I'm thinking these people in this cattle car probably stole this dude's cows, right? And I know what exactly what a cattle car sounds like, because that's how they used to move us around when we were in basic training on, on the post where I went to basic training at, they'd put us all in cattle cars and drive us around. And as soon as I said that, he goes, no, that was me. He goes, we were out looking for the cows last night. He says, we lost, I I can't remember how many head he said. It was like 16 or something. It was was more than 10. And uh, I said, no, I I haven't seen, I haven't seen any cows, didn't hear anything. Uh, Because last, that night they'd come in about 2 a.m. and they started logging. Although they were, they were logging like further down the road. It wasn't like they were logging like right next to where I was, but I could definitely hear them. And that was kind of a surprise, but I probably shouldn't have been surprised because I drove through there a couple of times during the day. And never seen them logging, but the equipment was still there. So I should have, I should have put two and two together. Uh, apparently they log at night because of the, the fire danger. I guess it, there's less uh, likelihood of a fire at night and they work from like two to 10 AM or something. But, uh, anyway, me and this guy chat for a little bit and, uh, tell him, you know, I haven't seen his cows, uh, basically <clears throat> tell him that if I do see them, um, how do I get in touch with him? And he says, well, he'll be around until he finds them. Uh, you know, I make, I tell him, I'm like, well, if I'm not here, there's like a little, uh, sign for the campground. And, uh, I tell him if I'm not here, if I like go, if I have to leave for some reason, but I see them, I will put a little note up there for him. And I ask him about his flag and we get to talking about Bigfoot. And he tells me, and this audio, his, his, uh, what he told me is on the video. So that's another reason I go over to YouTube, the last watch Your YouTube channel and subscribe is to check out this, uh, witness statement. So he tells me he uh, had lived there, grown up there in Stevens County. Uh, never thought anything about Bigfoot. Never really thought it was, uh, it was real. And him and a buddy were working, uh, they were putting in a road and, um, out in this remote area. And his buddy was telling him that, uh, had thrown rocks at him while he was uh working on some equipment and this guy the guy on the side by side was like ah, i didn't believe him you know i gave him a bunch of crap about it <clears throat> well fast forward like a year or so they're working kind of in the same area i guess and he's uh driving a grader he's grading this new road or doing something to this new road and he's got the door open on the grader he said a rock came in from the wood line and hit him in a chest not a big rock but you know big enough that he felt it didn't hurt him but still and said that freaked him out like scared him pretty bad because he knew you know it didn't come up off the grater it didn't come out you know he saw it come through the wood line and hit him in the chest and he was like how in the hell how good aim do you have to have to get it through that door you know the door on the grater was only you know three or four feet wide and it's moving and it freaked him out really bad so if you want to hear that story you can um go over to the, to the video and watch it. But, uh, that, that was, that was pretty cool. I I thought it was cool that, you know, he just drove up to my camp and we had that interaction. And again, you know, it's one of those things where you talk to somebody out of the blue and they're like, well, I haven't seen one, but, or, you know, I haven't, you know, I don't believe in them, but, and it's kind of like a lot like you see up here in Alaska where if they don't believe that, well, I don't believe in that stuff, but, my you know my uncle my cousin somebody had something happen and then you get a story so that was pretty cool uh he drives off you know i I promised to keep an eye out and an ear out for his cows uh coincidentally i I never did find i never did see the cows although when we were walking marshall and i were walking uh, i think the next day i did see what i thought was a cow track in the dirt but always it was weird because it was only one and it was kind of off by itself but I'm assuming the guy found his cows because eventually he stopped uh, He stopped coming around. So <clears throat> later in the day, uh, Bill showed up. I talked to him. He hung out for a couple hours. Uh, Marshall came by. He decided he's going to camp with me. He's going to stay there with me. And uh, honestly, I was pretty appreciative of it. You know, I spent that first night there by myself. And even though nothing really happened, I still got kind of creeped out from the, the guy driving around with the cattle car, even though I didn't know what that that's what it was. So I appreciated the company when Marshall decided he was going to stay and, um, we went for a little walk. We went for a walk on the other side of the lake and, um, you know, it wasn't too eventful, but I did find this really cool tree that was arched over. It was like growing up out of the ground and it made like this big circle and then it was growing into the other side of the ground basically. So that was pretty cool. It almost, um, it was just a big arch, big, a big light. It was a live tree. And it was making an arch and I've, I've seen stuff like that before, but I think that was probably the biggest one I've ever seen because Marshall and I could both basically walk underneath it. And it was kind of, it was kind of interesting. Um, there's all kinds of trails back in there. Uh, it was, um, you know, really thick, but uh, it was really dry. Um, hence the, the logging operational operating at night, I guess. Uh, and then we, um, we headed back to the camp. Um, you know, we did, we didn't do a ton of like knocks or, or house or anything. Basically. I, I don't, you know, I don't mind doing that stuff, but I'm more of a like set back and observe kind of guy. And I only like to do that. And I knew I would like, this was my second night. So I'm like, I know, you know, I've got plenty of time left. I'm not going to you know, this isn't my last night. Now, when it gets to be like the last night and nothing's going on, sometimes I'll get a little desperate and I'll do some vocals or some, some knocks or something, but, uh, I'm more of a kind of just set back and, and see what happens. Kind of, kind of guy. So, uh, the next day Marshall and I got up and, uh, by the way, I got to give a shout out to Marshall for keeping me so well fed and he made his coffee and he just took really good care of me. You know, I had a bunch of food and snacks and stuff that I bought for the trip, but, uh, Marshall really like he he came through on, on the food department, you know. He he's definitely a good camp cook. Uh I'm I'm not a good cook, you know, I can barely make toast. So it was nice uh having him there and and you know, cooking for me and just taking care of me. Um I, I joked and told him that I wasn't gonna tell my wife how good a care he took of me. I was gonna make her think that I was roughing it the whole time. But um yeah, he did a great job uh cooking and, and taking care of us and then of course, filming us, which is what it was there for, but, uh, loved having him there. And, uh, just, he's great to have out in the field. Love the guy. But, uh, that day, day three, we decided that we were going to walk over to the little twin lakes, uh, campsite, which is where we filmed Bigfoot encounters, the Pacific Northwest, which is, it's not where I got scared. Well, it is, but it's not where the actual scaring happened. And, uh, I've told this story I don't know how many times before. I don't know if I've ever actually told it on this podcast, but I've told it on several other podcasts that I've been a guest on. And if you want to know the whole story uh, again, please go to the Alaska watch YouTube channel and, and check it out. Cause I sat down and go through the entire story on that. <clears throat> but uh, I'll give you the cliff notes version is uh, we were checking out this logging road. <clears throat> I heard some uh, whispering or it sounded, I was off by myself kind of let the group go ahead of me, which At the time, I'm not thinking. I'm not thinking like, oh, this is exactly how every 411 story goes. I'm thinking it's the last night of the the trip. You know, we've had a lot of stuff going on, but I haven't seen anything. So I'm going to hang back and maybe something will stumble upon me. And, you know, which there's a thin line between bravery and stupidity. I know. So I'm standing there. I hear some whispering behind me. Freaks me out. It's like somebody flips a switch. I'm scared. Scared to death uh catch up with the rest of the the group, uh which included uh Will, uh Amy Boo, Steven and Josiah. We head over back to the campsite and for the rest of the evening, I am like terrified. And I'm sitting there, uh everybody else goes to bed except for Will, which I felt I, you know, Will says and I talked to him afterwards. He says, you know, he felt the uneasiness too. Like he felt like something was about to to, to happen. And we sat around the fire uh, till about three o'clock in the morning. And we heard this big, um, loud boom. It was kind of a, it wasn't quite a tree knock. It wasn't really a gunshot. It was just a big boom, like a, almost a metallic sounding boom. And, um, Will looks at me and he's like, is it just me or did the atmosphere change? And I'm like, no, you're right. I don't, I don't feel scared at all anymore. It was just like somebody flipped a switch again. And like, I'm not scared anymore. So <clears throat> I ended up crawling in my tent and getting a couple hours of sleep because, uh, I had to drive everybody back to Spokane the next day. So that was, um, that was kind of what had happened to me. And I always felt like, I was like, man, you know, I, that's the first time I really got like scared. Uh, I'd been, I'd been concerned for my safety and stuff before, you know, the normal amount, like, Oh, I think there's a bear over there. I'm going to go the other way. Or, Oh, these are fresh bear tracks. I'm going to go the other way. Or, you know, what have you, stuff like that. Oh, there's a moose over there. I'm uh not, uh, not disturb it, you know, just general concern for my well being. But I've never really been scared, like, I think I'm gonna die. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, I wanted to go back there, I wanted to go back there, and I kind of wanted to go back and face my fears. And so, we went, um, I, I came back, um, was a couple last year, a couple years ago. And the campsite was closed. The campground was closed because the logging, I think they had signs up. Well, I came back this year and again, that same campground was closed, but the little campground next to it where I ended up staying, it's not basically on the other side of the lake was open. So I stayed in that one. And, you know, talking, cause I talked to Bill Basson a little bit. I talked to Marshall. I talked to Will and I was like, why is this campground closed? Like it shouldn't be closed. And there in fact, a gentleman came by the campsite, um, the day before when the, the guy on the razor stat stopped by and was asking me, why is the campground closed? Cause there's a boat launch over there by the campground. And he said, I was here last week and used that boat launch. Why is it closed now? And I'm like, I have no idea, sir. And Bill and Marshall and will all kind of see, I and I've gone on record several times saying I'm not a conspiracy guy, not into the government conspiracy thing with Bigfoot, but, uh, This trip, I'm not going to say it changed my mind, but I definitely look at that a little differently now because all those guys said, they all collaborated, whatever that word is, uh, they said that there's a lot of instances where there will be a sighting reported somewhere and the area will be closed. Like the Forest Service will come in and just close it. And... I just, I I felt it. I was, I was like, man, why I've tried to come here twice now and this place has been closed. So I'm thinking like, and then the guy was telling me, well, it was open the week before. So I'm like, my gears are turning. I'm like, is there one, is there really a conspiracy? And two, are they somehow like keeping track of me? Did they know I was coming out here and close this just because I'm coming out here? Because, you know, of course, obviously the world revolves around me. And I, uh, I gotta admit, you know, I was a little my gears were turning. I was like, what's going on here? This is a little weird. Um, and I I I, I vowed. I was like, when I get when I get home, I'm calling someone. I'm calling somebody in the Forest Service from from the Coville National Forest. I'm gonna ask them, why is this campground closed? Why was it closed on these dates when it was open the weekend before? So I promised us I promised myself I'd do that get, uh, get back home, kind of forget about it a little bit, start going through my videos. And I was like, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta ask. I gotta find out about that. So I go on the website for the Coville National Forest. I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to find me a phone number. I'm going to call somebody. I'm going to, I'm going to demand, I'm going to demand some answers. And, uh, I was on the, the website for that campground and there I saw, I had got my answer. I didn't have to call anybody. Uh, they closed that campground on September 30th. Uh, yearly. So I, and I showed up on like October 1st. So, um, in my opinion, not really conspiracy, not, you know, they didn't close it because of, uh, a sighting. It didn't sound like it didn't sound like they were close. It sounds like that's just a normal yearly schedule. So that took a little bit of the wind out of my sails as far as that concerns is concerned, but I'm still not a hundred percent like I'm not hundred percent back to no conspiracy, <laughs> I guess, but I'm not, um, I'm not a full blown conspiracy guy now either. So I'm, I'm, I'm one of the, I'm, I, it needs, uh, it needs more consideration though. So anyway, we hiked back in there to the closed campground. Um, I went back to the campground that we, we used and sat down. I, I told the story I just told about, uh, what had happened. And we decided to to walk around, Marshall had wanted to walk around to the, to the rocky uh, point on the other side of the lake. So we did that and uh, I'm up kind of, I'm like up on the rocks, like looking over the, the lake and Marshall's kind of, he walks down, there's like a beaver dam down there. He's going down there to get pictures of that. And um, he's walking around down below me. And he's like, hey, you know, Beans, you need to get down here and see this. I found some kind of nest. And, you know, I've I've been doing this enough that I found, like, a lot of times somebody will be like, oh, my God, you got to come over here and look at this. And then, like, I'll have to, like, climb up this huge hill or I'll have to, like, basically, like, put forth a lot of effort to get to what they're looking at. And then I'll get there and it's something kind of silly or it's something that's easily explainable. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, this better be worth it because I've got to climb down this steep ass hill to get down there. So I do. And, uh, sure enough, he's really, he he really, Marshall found something that was pretty interesting. So there's like a, um, it's kind of like a cave. There's like this rock that comes out, like an outcropping and inside are all these sticks that have basically been, uh, laid down and kind of weave together along the side to make, um, basically like a wall on one side of the the outcropping. And there's an opening in the front and, uh, it's, it's pretty big actually, you know, the video and the pictures that we got don't really do it justice because, uh, it was big enough that I could have fit in it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big guy, you know, I'm, I'm like uh 5'11", uh, 260 pounds. And if I had, um, got down and and like belly crawled forward, I could have crawled inside of it and been completely uh, obscured. So uh, it was, it was interesting and we're looking at it. We're taking pictures of it and I found a bone in inside. So I get the bone out, um, put it on the ground in front of me. I take some pictures with scale. I can't figure out what kind of bone it is. And I look around, I don't find any hair or anything like that. And we we're just both of us are kind of scratching our heads. Um I'm, I'm like it doesn't look like um it doesn't look like any kind of like bird nest or a raptor nest or anything like that. And uh it doesn't really strike me as um something that a person made. But at the same time, just due to its immense size, it didn't strike me. It, it looked kind of like a. It reminded me of like a rodent nest, but it was huge. Like I said, it was big enough for me to get inside. And uh, again, I, I I urge you to please go and watch, uh, watch the the day three. I believe this this video is. And uh, so we, we're just scratching our heads. Um, you know, I looked around, didn't see any hair. Uh, took some photos of the the bone I found with scale, and we kind of thought, well, we'll bring Will back um, when he gets here. Cause Will was coming out the, the next day and we'll bring Will out and show him maybe he'll know what it is. Cause he, he, you know, he's more familiar with that area. I, I'm not familiar with everything down in Washington. I'm not familiar with everything in Alaska either, but I'm more familiar with my area obviously than I am down there. And it just didn't, it just didn't strike me. It didn't strike me as anything I'd ever seen before. Again, not that I'm grizzly Adams, don't know every animal in the wood and don't know, you know, everything. So I, um, I, I deferred, uh, d- to Will. I was like, well, we'll bring Will back, have him take a look at it. So, uh, we took the pictures, left <clears throat> and, uh, hiked back out, went back to the campsite. And, uh, that night, uh, was, was fairly, was fairly quiet. And we went to bed, to bed, Marshall and I went to bed pretty early, um. We didn't stay up super late. And of course we had the logging going on at night. So uh, there wasn't a, uh, I left a recorder out every night, but I don't think I got really anything because of just the logging. Uh, I think it's too hard to discern noises that happened natural or that happened that weren't the logging. Uh, I've still got some audio I need to go through, but um, I, I almost think it's an exercise in futility just because of all the logging noises that were going on. Uh, but that morning, the morning of day four, uh, we had a little special treat because I'm laying there in my, in my tent. And off in the distance, I start hearing this howling. And at first I get real excited because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a Bigfoot howl. Well, no, it wasn't. It was wolves. And the guy that had uh, come by looking for his cows, he had mentioned the wolves, you know, because he had told me, he said he used to run around here and he used to carry a firearm at all. Uh, but, uh, until the wolves had started to come back into the area or they were introduced, I think is what he said. And now he's, he's a little bit more skittish and he does walk around armed. And I had, you know, I had known that there had been, I think Will had told me there was wolves around there. Uh, it just never really struck me that I would run into them or hear them. Uh, it sounded like they were pretty far away, not necessarily on the other side of the lake, maybe a little further. Uh, but I definitely could hear them and, uh, I got, a little bit of it on audio uh if you go and uh, listen to the day four video it starts out with uh the wolf audio and you gotta you kind of gotta wear earphones to hear it because i recorded i was in my tent uh, i heard the wolves howling i hit my my uh recorder on my phone and um i got a a little bit of it they they actually went off for a pretty good while but uh, that was pretty cool and then uh will shows up Uh, Later that day, we didn't really do anything on day four. Uh, We weren't sure what time Will was going to show up. And he ended up showing up kind of late in the evening. Actually, about the time it got dark. So we didn't really get to do anything on day four. Um, Marshall actually left and um, went to go upload all the uh, footage he'd taken so far of our adventures. um, So that he could clean out his um, memory cards and have basically a, a clean slate when Will shows up. So Marshall left that morning and I'm just hanging around in camp thinking like, okay, I'm going to just chill out. You know, I'm going to eat and read and relax until everybody gets back. And, uh, I'm sitting there in my, in my little camp chair. I think I was reading and I hear behind me, you know, the lake in the lake, I hear sploosh sploosh like loud. And I'm like, this is it. You know, like everybody's left and now I'm going to, I'm going to have a sighting (laughs) So I grabbed my phone and, um, kind of walked around the corner to where I could see the lake a little bit better. And, uh, there's a moose standing in the lake. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, there's a moose. I was like, let me get some footage of this. It'll be good for the video. And the moose saw me and immediately like took off and like ran off. And I thought, well, what the hell? Cause I don't know. Alaska moose just aren't that skittish, I guess. Like you can I mean, I've walked up to, um, I've had moose walk by me close enough. I could touch them here. Like I've been sitting on my deck and stuff and they'll walk by. And literally if I like reached out, I could have like pet them if I wanted to, which I don't think it's a good idea. And I don't recommend you do it. But, uh, it just struck me as being like very skittish, almost like a deer or something. And, uh, the moose up here don't quite act like, like that. So made me wonder, like, is it, is it running from something? Is it already skittish or Washington moose, just that skittish? So... I went back and I looked at my video and I, I couldn't find the moose. I was like, I was sure I got a shot of it, but I couldn't see it on the video. So (laughs) I didn't really get to to include that. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty much day four. Like just kind of waiting around, waiting for Marshall to get back, waiting for Will to show up. And, uh, that takes us into day five and day five was a busy day because we went and, um, you know, Will had his bedhead encounter. This is the place where Will had his bedhead Bigfoot encounter. And I'm not going to give the, um, I'm not going to tell you the entire story here, but basically he pulled up to where we were at, where we were camping this this trip. And he heard something across the lake, or he hears, he hears knocks. And he turns around, he looks behind him on the other side of the lake, and there's a some a rock formation on the other side of the lake. And he sees a figure basically like head and shoulders like crouch down real quick behind this rock. And he said it reminded him of somebody that had like bedhead, like it seemed like their head, hair was all kind of pointy. And, you know, when you wake up and your hair is all askew. And then he starts hearing all these squirrels barking, like basically it sounded like it was coming towards him. And he gets freaked out, gets in his car and leaves. So I had the bright idea. I was like, when Will gets here, Let's uh, Marshall and I will walk over to where that rock is and I had some two-way radios and we'll communicate with Will who'll be standing where he was on shore and he can tell us where uh, to stand I'll go stand because I'm bigger I'm the biggest of the group and I'll go stand um, where this thing was and it'll give him a sense of scale like how big it was so we did that Marshall and I hiked around over there and we get on the radio and we're talking to Will. And he tells me where to stand. And I'm standing there. And, you know, again, I'm a big guy. 5'11", 260 pounds. Um, sometimes more, depending on uh, what what uh, how much I'm working out and what I'm doing. What diet I'm consuming. And I'm standing there. And I can barely see Will. Like, he's this little sliver of a thing. He's like a little stick man. And we're talking on the radio and he's like, dude, you're tiny compared to this thing. Like you look so small. So we did, um, you know, I stood there for a little bit. I, you know, I waved at him. I, you know, I, I did some recreations where I ducked down behind the rock. I got Marshall to film me doing some different things. And, uh, we hiked back over there <clears throat> and Will was just like, dude, I've got fucking goosebumps. Like I'm like, he was, I could tell he was like shook cause he was like, I thought when I saw this thing, he said, I thought in my, I thought it looked skinny. He's like, I thought it looked kind of small, but seeing me seeing beans over there where that thing was, he goes, it had to be huge, like ginormous. And at one point he'd said he had, he was having a hard time seeing me. You know, I took my hat off. I wear that big, um, that, uh, outback hat and I was kind of waving it up in the air, trying to give him a, a point of reference, uh, so he could see me. And he said, when I took my hat off and held it up in the air, he goes, that's about where the head was up there where my hat was. Well, I'm six foot, had my hat, had my arm, you know, stretched up. So that would be about eight foot. So whatever he saw was about eight foot tall. So it was, uh, it was kind of creepy. Um, you know, at the same time, I was like, man, that was so cool. I'm glad we did that. But (laughs) you know at the same time we were like, Ooh, <laughs> like that's, that's kind of creepy. But, uh, anyway, that's the kind of stuff we're doing out there, folks. That's what I'm doing out there in the field. Um, I had, uh, so much fun doing that. It was awesome. But, uh, again, I implore you, please head over to the Alaska watch YouTube channel and give us a subscribe. It doesn't cost anything. And eventually, hopefully it will help me, uh, to put some money toward my, uh, expeditions and adventures. And also, you know, what's coming up this week. Well, depending on when you're listening to this, but this week is, uh, is Turkey day. We're going to have Thanksgiving coming up this week. And, uh, you know, what happens after Thanksgiving, we get black Friday. Uh, you know, the Christmas season officially starts. Uh, I know we don't put our Christmas stuff up until Thanksgiving weekend, if even then sometimes, but, uh, if you guys want to um, buy something for the Bigfoot enthusiast in your life, or you want to uh, maybe try to convert somebody to a uh, Bigfoot enthusiast, you can head over to the Alasquatch podcast store and just go to alaskwatchpodcast.com. Click on the store link and starting on Black Friday, I think it's going to be the afternoon of Black Friday. So maybe not necessarily first thing in the morning, but starting on Black Friday, if you uh, enter the code Alaska, that's A-L-A-S-K-A, at checkout, you will get 15% off your order. And that's kind of a big deal because we don't offer a lot of discounts on the store. So you can go over there. You can order um, books, stickers, t-shirts, whatever you want, and put that code in at checkout, Alaska. And you're going to get 15% off your order. That is going to run till December 2nd. So you're going to get about a week or two. Yeah, I think it's December 2nd. You're going to get a week to do that. So uh, if you're listening to this within that week, you got to hustle over there and uh, get it done because uh, it's not going to last forever. Probably not till next Black Friday. Uh, so if you want to uh, pick up one of my books, get it autographed, uh, maybe a special gift for somebody, And uh, get a little discount. Now's your time to do it. So head over to the Alaska Watch Podcast website. Head to the store and enter the code ALASKA in at checkout. Starting on Black Friday. That is November 25th to December 2nd. And hope to see you there. Hope to fill some orders and get them out. And uh, I urge you to get those in quickly because, you know, the post office always seems to to slow down around Christmas time and uh, it's coming from Alaska. So uh, get the, get those orders in when you can. <clears throat> All right, folks, I'm going to call it a day. I am going to get this up on the internets and uh, let you guys enjoy it. Uh, be sure to head over to the, you, I'm going to say, how many times have I said this? Like take a drink every time I mention my YouTube channel, head over to the uh, YouTube channel, uh, dropping videos every Friday there that you can watch, uh, detailing my expeditions and, uh, my time in Washington is just about over. I think I've got one or two more videos, uh, about Washington and then, uh, well, I just got say something pretty cool is coming down the pike, uh, had something pretty interesting happen in Canada and, uh, really excited about that one. So <laughs> you'll just have to wait and see no spoilers. So, uh, thank you guys for supporting me, supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. And, uh, look forward to another year of looking for Bigfoot and, uh, hopefully one of these days, uh, we'll find that sucker, but, uh, happy Turkey day and uh, happy holidays.